Welcome to this week's episode of More Tech. I'm your host, Michael Amorgan. And this week we're going to be talking about something called two-factor authentication. Now, for those that are unaware of what this is, let me start from a little bit before two-factor starts to really get in. Typically, when you have an account online or even with logging into your computer, there's typically two forms of information that's required a username, and a password. Now, over the years, passwords have been proven time and time again to not really be the best way of keeping your information secure or your accounts for that matter, simply because sometimes people simply use very, very easy passwords like password or uh, one, two, three, four, all the way up to seven. And these things are... (laughs) If you actually take a look, they have compiled a list of passwords that have been leaked in the public space and um, either from people hacking into websites or services and so on and so forth and then publishing them for other people to take control of those accounts. The thing about this is a lot of these passwords are very easy ones to guess or to use and sometimes these passwords end up on password lists that people then use to try and crack into accounts Um, especially if they're the more popular ones so if let's say a password has been used more than a hundred times inside this list then it's probably a fairly popular one and they should probably add that to their list that does not mean that your simple password of honeydew is going to be easy well not easy to crack though because they have other methods such as brute force and dictionary um, forms of attack which all of these types of attacks quite honestly they do take time Um, but if someone's dedicated to getting your information it's only a matter of time that said because of things like this online services have started upping the ante a bit and they've done this in a number of ways one of which is doing things from you know having a certain amount of tries before you get before it stops letting you try and you have to wait a certain period of time before you can try the password again which is a great stop to work on against brute force versions of attacks like the dictionary and so on and so forth that i mentioned a few moments ago and then there's something called two-factor authentication which is where it allows you to put in your password But then it takes another step. So your password is one form of verification. You now need another form of verification. I know for some people, they're like, oh, that's a lot of work. Now I have to like put in two things like, yes, essentially. But I mean, how secure do you really want to be? Do you want people to just if they get your password to log into your Facebook account and go through your messages and like start posting stuff as you? Or would you rather have some form of security to make sure that even if they get your password, they still can't necessarily get your into your account because it would then use that backup second form of um, authentication to make sure that it doesn't happen. Now, in my opinion, I am all for two-factor authentication, otherwise known as 2FA. Now, there are a number of ways two-factor authentication really works, to be quite honest. And sometimes 
it can be a little daunting when you're trying to figure out exactly how you're going to go about doing this. Me personally, I use something called uh, Authy. It's an authenticator application that is both on computer and on mobile phone. So that means that anything from, if I actually pull it up, I there are a lot of different online services that use this kind of stuff. Um, so Coinbase for cryptocurrencies, Discord, Dropbox, Facebook, Google, sorry about that, uh, my Guild Wars game account. Really, you hate <laughs> two-factor authentication, White Pancakes, why? Um, but to continue on, like Microsoft has it, Skrill has it, Twitch has it, Ubisoft has it. There's a lot of different companies that are have the ability to use two-factor authentication. And even if your service does has its own special kind of authentication, there is a high chance that you can still get it added on to something like Authy or other authentication apps out there. Now, I know there's a few of them um, out there like... Uh, oh, boy. There's Google Authenticator, which is both on Android and iOS. There's Duo Mobile, there's SaaSpass, and as well, LastPass Authenticator. White Pancake says that it locked him out of a lot of his accounts because he lost his phone and installed the app. Well, see, that's where things have started to evolve. So, for example, um, with the... I know there are some apps that try to have it built into the game itself. Like, if you use... Uh, I forget what it's two Pokemon games that are from mobile devices. And if you try to transfer it from one device to another device, you pretty much have to use this code to then enter it and then it pulls the information and then it moves. So you can only play it on one device at a time, which is kind of an interesting way to put it. But it's annoying because if you lose that device or you wipe that device, there goes your information, which sucks because then you got to start from scratch. Um, when it comes to authenticators like that, though, uh, for the most part, a lot of them have moved away from it being just like you have to have it on that device. And then if you wipe it, then everything's lost. Most of them nowadays have it where that you actually need a master password or something like that. So that even in case you lose your device or um, you forget one of your passwords, you can still go in and just use your master password. Um, which you can save inside like a password um, password manager or something like that. And so that way it becomes a little bit easier for you to make sure that you don't lose it. Um, password managers are another great tool when it comes to keeping your um, password secure. Because then it makes sure that you don't forget it. But it also takes away some of the issue of you having to keep different passwords in memory because it will generate passwords for you for websites. But I want to touch back on to authenticators. Um, so personally, White Pancakes, maybe take a look at Authy. Um, I've been using that for about three years now, I, I think. And I haven't had much issues. Every once in a while, like I'll forget my master password and then it'll come back to me. Or I look inside uh, my password manager and I get it from there. So, I mean, give that a shot. 
I, I use it for both my mobile device and um, it has it where you can download it as an app on your computer. And you can also have it as a extension. Hey Juan, welcome man. It's been a while. Hope you're having a great day too. Um, but these things are also great because if you take a look back in time, um, keeping people to use authenticators took a lot of work and it, the technology didn't really pick off, pick up and off, uh, as quickly as people hoped, especially those inside I, the IT field whose main job is security. So when things like android and iphone came about that put it in most people's hands the ability to have two-factor authentication because the first steps for it really and truly were sending either a call to your phone or a text many of you probably know this if you set up certain um, apps like whatsapp or um, any messaging app for the most part that's worth its salt would probably have sent you a text message with a probably like a four to six to eight digit code that you would enter into the computer or the um, it would pick up from originally whatsapp didn't pick up on it at all like you actually had to go into the uh the text message copy it then paste it into whatsapp now i can read it and it all happens automatically but that's still two form of two-factor authentication because you're putting in the phone number that you would have that you're saying is yours and then it's receiving the text message at that same number so it knows now that you are who you say you are. So that's two factor right there. Um, Facebook, for example, if someone was to try and log into my Facebook account, sure, they can use my password. It's not going to let them in unless I'm on one of my other, uh, either on my phone or another computer. And, or even using my authenticator app, you use the code that is given there. And I would have to give it permission before anyone can do anything, which is a great thing about this uh this type of technology now a lot of companies have tried to do it uh, and a lot of them have called it different things like uh verification two-step instead of two-factor um like i said it's 2fa for some people as well but they're essentially to break it down into what it is is that there are three generally uh, recognized factors for authentication something you know like a password, something that you have, such as a hardware token or a cell phone. Hardware tokens, we're going to get to that in a second. Or something that is you, like your fingerprint. And two factors typically mean that it's using one, it's using two or some, if you, sometimes they're called multi-factor. Um, if it's using two or more. So... For example, biometric scanners for fingerprints and retinas and faces and stuff like that, which you probably have noticed uh, more recently since iPhone's been doing it and then people have been doing eye unlocking for phones for a while now, even though that's one of the most insecure forms of it. Um, Android devices have been starting to pick up on face unlock as well. Um, of course, fingerprints been around for like oof, a while now, at least. I think oh, a little bit over a... Right, over a decade but pretty close to it um but yeah the most common ones are going to be voice and text message or a smartphone or some form of an app uh 
for the authenticator. Now, um, a lot of the popular password managers, like I mentioned LastPass, have 2FA built in by default, and it's just something that you need to enable. I prefer to keep mine separate just in case I lose access to my LastPass. I still have my Authy. If I lose access to my Authy, I have my LastPass and I can kind of work them. So, keeping in mind of all that though, sometimes two-factor authentication can cause some issues with access to some other services. So, for example, if you have it set up with Microsoft, that's good until you have Trata's login with Xbox Live. I'm not sure if they've actually fixed this by now, but I don't think they have. Um, because that interface has no facility to accept the second code. And a lot, I shouldn't say a lot, but a decent number of uh, services have run into the same kind of problem where you have some form of uh, access key that is required. But if you use it in a less intuitive form, it's not going to... They typically haven't built it up to say that it needs this as of yet because this is something that's older and so they probably haven't spent the time to fix it yet so just be aware that when you deal with stuff you may have to sometimes take the authentication back off for things to work properly and if it's like that message whoever it is to the company and let them know um but there is actually a very very large list of companies and services that actually have this going i'll actually show that to you right now so oops that's the here we go so for backup and sync we've got apple cloud black backblaze box cloud well uh those accepted and then it this website is called two factor auth a-u-f a-u-t-h sorry dot org and it will tell you all the different services essentially that either have it or don't have it or if they do have it and there's some exception or restriction it will tell you so for example yandex.disk says that you need a sms capable phone required for the initial setup but something like zools is only available for business accounts so personal accounts won't have it it'll also give you information to say if it's uh two-factor via sms phone call, email, hardware token, or software token, which is like the authenticator app. Um, you have them from banks as well. So for example, if we take a look at Bank of America, it does not have a, uh, a manual or documentation, but it does support text message and it does support email. Whereas other ones like Barclays support text message, email, but also phone calls. Um, and then you've got ones like Adico Bank, which only work with hardware and software tokens. Or AirBank, which only work with SMS and software tokens. I wonder if there's actually one that works either with all or only like with one. Ah, ING only works with hardware tokens. And like Craft Store only works with hardware and software. And NordCert Nord, NordNet Severge only works with software tokens. Uh, the TFA only available for Swedish residents with bank ID. So, yeah, you can kind of get a just for it on this website here. 
feel free to go there. It's a great tool to actually have so that you know exactly what you're getting into when it comes to two-factor authentication. And um, yeah, personally, that's one of my favorite places to find this kind of stuff. When it comes to hardware authentication, though, you do have physical keys, essentially, that you can plug into your phone or uh, computer in the USB slot. Now, when I say your phone, it's, it is possible because you can use an either adapters or especially when it comes to USB type C, which can work both in phones and computers. You can plug it in using that. And there are app, there are keys that work with that. So the one that I have showing up right here is the Google Titan security key using the Fido fob technology. Now Fido is pretty much a standard when it comes to um, security. Now, that's not the right. So here we go. Fido token. It's uh, pretty much based on UTU2F. Um, let's see. I was hoping. Here we go. Fido Alliance. Okay, and their website is broken. Great. Let's go to Wikipedia. So, pretty much it's been started back in 2013, and it supports a range of authentication technologies, including biometrics, such as fingerprint and iris scanners, voice and facial recognition, as well as existing solutions and communication standards, such as trusted platform modules, USB security tokens, embedded secure elements, smart cards, and airfield communication, so on and so forth. USB security token devices may have may be used to authenticate using simple password, example of four digit pin or by pressing a button. The specification, sorry, specifications emphasize a device centric model. Authentication happens over the wire. Um, sorry, authentication over the wire happens using public key cryptography cryptography. The user's device registers the user to a server by registering a public key to authenticate the user. The device signs a challenge from the server using the private key that's on the device that it holds. The key on the devices are unlocked by a local user gesture, such as biometric or pressing a button. Fido uses um, provides two types of user experiences depending on which protocol is used. Both protocols define a common interface at the client for whatever local authentication method the user exercises. So for example, with the Google uh, Titan security key, it has this little button right here. So you press that button as the form to say, you know, there you go, use it and so on and so forth. With something like this, it's easy to log into say like a Google account um, on one computer. So you would log into your Google account, set this up, and then when you go to another computer, all you have to do is press it in, go to the sign up form, press the button, and it allows you to log in like that. Easy peasy. If you use something like an authenticator app, you would have to put in the username, well, the email address, put in the password, and then check your authenticator app, get the code, put the code in. Sometimes you can just copy the code, if, especially if you have it on your computer, and then paste it and then click. So this is takes a lot of steps out of it. It makes it really easy. Now, if you don't want to spend 50 bucks on getting a Google Titan security key, 
you can actually make your own. This guy back in 2017, uh, boy, Connor Patrick actually made a key like this for only eight dollars, and that was using the same tech, uh, same hardware and stuff like that, circuit boards and so on and so forth. And he pretty much put the information out there so people who want to create their own as well can do it. It did not really look the best. Um, so if I actually take a look at that, that's kind of what it looked like. It was quite literally just a circuit board with leads on it. And um, this is not the best. But back in a little bit earlier this year, two, um, January 2019, he came up with a upgraded version of this uh, key, which uses FIDO2. And... This one now also, so it has better security, but it also allows you to have stuff like USB-C variants. So you can plug it both into your phone and to your computer, especially if you decide to start going with USB-C or if you have a MacBook, for example, then, you know, you only really got USB-C. Um, but it also supports the older version of the standard, so you're kind of good with that. Um, and if you want to make one yourself, you, you can spend it for, well, you can spend the, you can get the parts and do everything like that for about 20 bucks and you should be good. So that could be a nice little project for yourself if you want to. And definitely one that I think a lot of people would enjoy spending some time doing especially if it means that they're going to be secure then again when it comes to security some people just prefer to pay for it and just have something secure one time so you could do that and you could buy it from him as just directly as well either way that said that's not the end all for what's happening when it comes to a two-factor authentication Remember when I said that Facebook was also giving you notifications to try and log in? Well, Google's been doing that for a little bit now, too, when it comes to setting up new devices. Sometimes they would have asked you to log in with a previous device or if you are on a previous device to give authentication or to approve this new device that you're um, starting to set up with. And it will go through it just like that. What they've done recently, however, is that they've, uh, as of, I think it was yesterday. So let me show you guys this article. It's pretty much that Google now lets you use your Android phone as a physical security key. So they're taking it one step further. Um, they announced yesterday that any phone running Android 7 or higher can now be used as a physical security key for two-factor authentication. Now, that works with uh, any Google app because it's Google working on it. But so when you want to log, want a physical device to verify your login, you don't have to buy a dongle or anything like that. You can just use your phone. Um, if you want to make your Android phone a security key, you'll just need to connect your phone through Bluetooth to a Chrome browser to verify logins. Some older desktop PCs don't have Bluetooth, but it's pretty universal on laptops. This is true. And there are a number of desktop towers that also have it built in either with 
um, is generally built into the wireless card. So the new authentication scheme works on Gmail, G Suite, Google Cloud, any other Google account service, and uses the FIDO authentication standard that we just talked about. Um, Google says other websites might join in later, but it's still in the process of certifying its authentication service because sure they could do it from themselves, but they also need to be certified to make sure that other places accept it and that it's seen as an actual secure process. Otherwise, no one's really going to be vying for it other than Google. And even at that, they're kind of known to drop stuff. So if it doesn't get passed, they may drop that too. So the article then pretty much goes on into like the benefits of two-factor authentication, so on and so forth. Uh, SMS verification codes, which have been known to have some weaknesses here and there. Um, Google Prompt, which lets your Android phone and a Google service on your computer directly communicate with each other over the internet, and so on and so forth. You can also go to myaccount.google.com slash security to set up your security key if you want to do that using a physical copy or the uh, the phone version that they've now started doing. All in all, though, two-factor authentication is... I, I just want to make sure that this is stamped hard as a hard yes for me two-factor authentication is something that i think is needed in today's day and age with just how things are working with people hacking into these online services passwords being exposed um and stolen and sold to people um to try and get either access to your account to then get your information i know one thing that i've heard a lot of people say is i don't they don't care if their account gets hacked because there's no real information about that. And that is so not true. If they get access to your Facebook, they have access to all of your friends. They have access to all the, um, your personal information that you would have put on there, things that you would have browsed, uh, um, groups that you would have joined. They can pretty much learn your habits because they now have your Facebook account. Same thing for your Gmail account. Same thing for your gaming accounts. Same thing for your bank. Well, even worse for your banking accounts. Um, and most of these things tie into some of these other features, especially with how like some of the major ways to log in now is Facebook, Google, and uh, some other third-party sites like, or even Microsoft, which is less popular, but people still do it on some sites. But there are alternative ones like, uh, well, I'm not going to get into them because there's a number of them. But if you have the time, go and download something like the Google Authenticator app or Authy or whatever application or method you want to use. While you're at it, take a look at a password manager to make sure that your account stays secure. For all you know, your account may already be compromised and you don't even know it. And if it's already been exposed, a lot of these password managers will tell you that this is a weak password or that it's already been shown like your account and that password has already been used and exposed online. You can also check somewhere like, um, have I been pwned, um, pwned being P W N E D.com and put in your information there, either your password or 
your email account and it'll let you know if you've been or either of them have been compromised online. That's going to be it for this week's episode of More Tech, though. I tried to keep this one short and sweet. This one was a topic that kind of hit home to heart. And uh, I just wanted to really focus in and share this with you guys. So once again, if you have missed any part of this episode, free free to head over to our YouTube or morecookies.com, M-O-A-R cookies.com, where you can get an easy access to all of our shows, um, both in the video and audio version. So you can also listen to it as a podcast if you want. That's all pretty much everywhere that you can listen to podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, so on and so forth. Even places like Pocket Cast, you can listen to it there. And I mean, if you guys want to be a part of the conversation, don't forget, we have a Twitter on M-O-A-R underscore cookies. And we have a Discord, which is linked below this video on wherever you're watching it, more than likely. So until next time, guys, which will be Tuesday for eSports Wrap at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Or next week, uh, Thursday, for another episode of More Tech at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll be back then. And until then, keep it savvy.